Our podcast has now, as of today, been running for two years, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Adam Wright with Justin Tucker and CJ Medeiros. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast on episode 141. It is now, so it's December 9th, and two years ago today, myself, Justin, and another co-host who is not named CJ Medeiros, somebody else. We came together and we said, let's start a podcast. We've been talking about it for years. Let's do it. And so one of us weren't, uh, wasn't able to keep going, just wasn't interested. But Tuck and I have been going on ever since, and CJ has joined us. And we're having plenty of guests on to uh, help us celebrate. So without further ado, we have guests... Uh, Brian Sierra and Connor Fallon. So, wow. guys, hey. welcome to the show. I believe this is your both of your first times, correct? Yeah. 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 That's wow. Nice. All right. Well, you guys can go one at a time. Why don't you introduce yourselves to uh, to our listeners? All right. Uh, I'll start. Hi, my name is Connor Fallon. Um, I live in the Chicagoland area. Big Bears fan. <laughs> And um really excited to be on this podcast. All right, uh, Brian. What up? My name is Brian. Big time New York Giants fan. Everything New York Giants. I'm rocking with them to the end. I'm in the New Jersey area, but I'm familiar with you guys because uh, me and Tuck played football together a few years back at Dean. Mm-hmm. Uh, the good old if anybody was wondering, wondering, I play safety and linebacker, though. Mm. I oh, play so- safety for my uh, junior junior team oh, so we're all defense huh tuck's a yeah. uh, tuck, tuck's been a linebacker at dean mm. all right guys well we have a great show planned for you guys tonight so we have the pro bowl voting leaders who have been revealed so far as uh voting has opened up um we're talking we're going to talk about the Giants and how they've been kind of sputtering since their 6 and 1 start. Um the Rams who are now 4 and 9, just a year removed from a Super Bowl victory. Um we're going to get to our uh fantasy stardom situm, but first um so instead of having a guest segment what we usually do where people whoever's a guest gets to talk about whatever they want, We'll kind of we'll kind of do we're gonna do rapid fire. Whoever's on as a whoever's on as a guest gets to give their hottest take possible in sports right now. And it like any strong feeling you have about any topic in sports. Um, so Connor or Brian, if you guys have anything, who wants to go? Who wants to go I'll, first? I'll start it off. I think the Rams are looking real good with Baker Mayfield. They might be a problem coming there now on. They might go on a little streak. I think. That's just how I'm Super Bowl champions? I don't know. Playoff streak? I think that they could make a push for, like, the playoffs, depending on 
how things go out with their other. But I think that I really believe in Baker Mayfield cooking up two days into the new offense. You might, I might sound crazy, but I don't know many quarterbacks that could go 98 or 96 yards in two minutes, let alone a quarterback doing it two days into the new offense. So I think Sean McVay and Baker Mayfield might have something up their sleeve. That's interesting. I think, I think the 49ers should, I think, probably stay with Jimmy G and not try to look for a new quarterback. He's already led you to the Super Bowl. Just keep going with him, and I think I think he's the perfect fit for their team. All right, Absolutely. that's that's actually that's not a, that's not a bad take. I don't I don't yeah. I think they're I think they're both pretty good takes. Um, so they're the only problem with uh, with the Rams though. Is there? I'm I'm looking at the standings right now. They're four and nine, right? Yeah, yeah. They won't make the playoffs, but they're four and nine. They, they would just have like to leapfrog in the hunt. They would have to be one of those in the hunt teams that could. I don't know. Yeah, they, yeah. They would have to leapfrog eight teams if they're going to. Uh, no, yeah, they're not going make to make a playoffs. playoffs pitch. But like yeah. you mean, like they get hot, yeah. win a couple games, go into next season feeling good about themselves. I got an even better take though. I feel like the Eagles get bounced first round. Okay, yeah, better one. That, that's actually funny because that CJ's been saying that. Reasonable. Like, obviously, like, first round, they're going to get the first round by most likely, but they're going to get balanced in the playoffs. They're an overrated football team. That's yeah, actually funny because time. CJ's been saying it for months. Yeah. It's Young, just their schedule is softer than Albert Hainsworth in Washington. <laughs> All right. I'm not, like, I don't know about a soft schedule. Like, it's NFL any given Sunday, but I just feel like – I don't know they're winning too many games. They're a little bit too hot right now. Still got to get hot, cold someday, so they might get bounced sooner mm-hmm. than me. So yeah, maybe a little bit of the maybe a little bit of the Bears fan bias in me, but Justin Fields wins MVP in the next three seasons. Well, you never well, know. You got to give him a line first. Yeah, that and offensive weapons. line needs to get better. That kid's getting killed. I feel so mm-hmm. bad for him. Oh, and more receivers not named Darnell Mooney. I mean, they got Claypool. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. I forgot. I forgot. But still, it doesn't I mean, seem like much of an yeah. Yeah, they got I Claypool. Mean, they're probably they're probably gonna get a top pick. They're gonna get a top pick in the draft. So I don't I don't think they would take a receiver with their first round pick. They're probably gonna take like Will Anderson yeah. to help their defense. Right now, they're but, the second worst team in. Uh, in the in uh, all of football, so they'll they'll yep. get a, they'll get a top pick. Yeah, I mean yeah. quarterbacks not their need. I would say yeah, get Will Anderson. He'd be a good uh, mm-hmm. replacement for Cleo Mack. But mm-hmm. here's the thing, Connor. So the so the top three projected picks are going to be quarterbacks. So do you see them moving back, trading back, and finding another guy, tackle, wide receiver, piece on defense? Think- what do you think? Yeah, that's that's what um that's what my dad was talking about like like yesterday. He was saying he doesn't think that the Bears are going to keep that pick. He thinks that they're going to try to trade down to get future assets in the years coming. Maybe trade to a team like the Lions who have been kind of hot who may not get that that pick. I mean, maybe, but don't the Lions have the Rams first rounder 
That's yeah. shaping up to be a top. Oh 10. yeah! Oh yeah! Yes, yes. So yes. the Rams don't have any picks. Mm-hmm. I think that's and a top five pick. While. It's they a top five pick. pick right now. I think it might be. Yeah. It, I think it's like four. I know because like when I was looking at it uh, the other day before Thursday night football, I know it was at number three, but they just won last night. Yeah, which was that's which was wild. Weird, that's another story for the Rams. So then we can get that number two pick. Well, they're at they're at number three now. I think you're already at the number two pick right now. The, the yeah, Bears. yeah. Just so then we stay at the number two. Yeah, yeah. I I just think you might want to trade back with that pick because it's yeah. because it's going to be there's going to be a it's going to be one two three at quarterback most likely. Well, so, Adam, Adam, hear me out. Don't sleep on Will Anderson. You see, look, I know it's a quarterback heavy draft. But sometimes you got to take the best player available. And you can make a solid case that Will Anderson is arguably one of, if not the best player in the draft. I mean, quarterbacks, you never know. Because from Georgia. Huh? What about the D tackle from Georgia? What's his name again? Carter. Oh, Jalen Carter? Is that him? Yes. Uh, I'd take Will Anderson just slightly, but you know, that's just, well, yeah, there's an argument to be made. I mean, I'm not gonna say he's the best player, but I think he's the best defensive player. You know, like I, I said, that, if you, you got to take the best player available sometimes, you know, I mean, that mm-hmm. bears team needs a lot of help at a lot of places yeah, um, other than, other than quarterback. And um, I, I think running back, look, here's a, here's my, here's my, I will die on this hill with, with, uh, with David Montgomery. And maybe this is biased because I've been drafting him in fantasy for years and he hasn't exactly lived up to his potential. But if he had a better offensive line, just a better just a better offense in general to work with, he could be a top 10 pick in all of fantasy. He's handicapped. Oh, yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. Put him put him in Jonathan Taylor's shoes. And he puts up similar results. Yes. Without the injuries. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm and, – and Taylor gets hurt too. Yep. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, but I do want to get going on our on our agenda for today. Um, so, the Pro Bowl voting leaders have been revealed, and it is as follows. You guys ready for this? So, yeah. I'll, stop, I'll stop from the bottom because the, the, the number one is, is wow. So, Travis Kelsey is fifth with 131,000. Tyreek Hill is – Fourth, 132,000. Patrick Mahomes, 133,000 at three. Then for, uh, at two, it's Justin Jefferson with 137,000. Number one, Tua Tungavailoa with 138,000 votes. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. And wow. I'll, I'll give it to this kid. He, he has played his ass off this year. He is, he's had a pretty good season. And he and uh, three of the four games that Miami has lost have been where Tua has pl- went the majority, if not all of the game, not playing. Because one of those losses, he technically started. He went a quarter and a half, and that was where he almost got his head ripped off. Yeah. But do you think he deserves this? Is, is this guy? Is this? We'll go around the table. We'll start with Connor, and then go to Brian, and then we'll go to the co-hosts. What do you what do you guys think? I mean, he has been playing amazing, but so he's the number one quarterback 
right now. He's the number one player right now. Yep. I mean, I don't. Yeah, he probably is. If it's if it's not him, it would have been Mahomes or Hertz, maybe Burrow. But I think I think that's I think that's a little surprising, but. Not as surprising as I assumed it would it would be. Yeah. All right, Brian. I actually think it's very surprising given I don't really think he's even the best quarterback in his division. You can make that argument. Oh. I think Josh Allen's way more deserving of more if like equal or like if not more votes than Tua Tungvaloa. I mean, I'm not saying that Tua is like trash or he's been stinking it up. He's been playing phenomenal when he's in. But you have Josh Allen who's just like playing lights out. He's not even playing up to his potential, I feel like. And I feel like Tua right now is playing to his best that he's going to be. I don't really see Tua being – I'm not saying that he's not playing good, but, like, I really kind of find it hard to see Tua balling at the level he's going to ball at for years and years and games and games to come on. I just feel like Josh Allen is a little bit more deserving. But that's not even the most surprising on the list because you said Travis Kelsey was at five. I feel yeah. like this year tight ends really even haven't even really been going crazy this year. Like, Tight end is such a weird position this year because you thought there were going to be some tight ends who were going to go crazy. Kyle Pitts, I know. Somebody had him in fantasy. I thought you and I kind of thought he was going to go crazy. Oh, no. Kyle Pitts hasn't really been doing much. I mean, there's not really a lot of tight ends as, that were really balling how I would expect them to. Another one would be like Darren Waller. Another one would be like George Kittle. It hasn't really been a good year for tight ends. So for me to see um, Kittle at number five of all votes is crazy. Very surprising list, though, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll say that mm-hmm. much. Uh, CJ, I'm not surprised at Tua, and it's not because I, you know, wanted him to be here. It's um, it's more of a cynical thing, and uh, let me tell you why. Let's the NFL, it. you know, there, there's a saying: recency bias is a hell of a thing, and it's true. Tua Tagovailoa is not a top three quarterback. You could argue he is not a top five quarterback. I mean, personally, that's a bit of a gray area for me, but I know he's not top three. He's not better than Patrick Mahomes, nor is he better than Josh Allen. And, I mean, that's as far as I'd like to go as far as, like, the AFC is concerned. But are we really going to forget how this man was the spitting definition of mediocrity before he got Tyreek Hill. Even when Tua had, uh, uh, I'm liking on his name, just Jalen Waddle's wide receiver one, he wasn't really that good. And we just look at last season, 2,653 yards, 16 touchdowns, 10 picks. That's not very good. So, I mean, it's not an indictment on his playing. It's just like, of course, there, there's the, you know, the young new hotshot. People are going to come out in droves to vote for them. That's just how it is, unfortunately. Like I said, recency bias, it's a magical thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, talk. All right. The first thing I'm going to say is when I saw the list that you showed me, I was like, I don't see Saquon on here. That's kind of surprising to me that he didn't make top five. <laughs> I really thought Saquon would easily make top five because he's in the New York market. And he's like one of the reasons the Giants have a, a 500, uh, above 500 record right now. So I was shocked when I saw it. And he didn't make it. Then I saw number one. I saw two, and I was like, "How 
in the world did Tua Tagovailoa? Not saying that he's having a bad season or that he's not good because he is. I was like, how did he skyrocket over Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen to be the number one spot? Everybody else, I understand where they're at, but Tua shocked me a lot when I saw it. I was like, Tua? Don't get me wrong. If he was like top 15, I'd get it, but top number one of the whole list? Don't really get it right now. All right. So, Tua missed three games. Technically, he started one of those games, but he only he only played like a quarter and a half of it. But he put so in how in how many games has it has he been in? It's been so the team is what nine in. So the all right here here it is right now. Teams eight and four. Mm-hmm. He missed three games. So eight and that's nine that that's nine games. In nine games, uh, where Tua has played, twenty-one touchdowns to five interceptions, nearly three thousand yards. That's not just being carried by your wide receivers. Good. That's like, I. That's like on another level. Like, if this guy played all three of the games that he missed, which we we know he couldn't, but it, let's let's say he never got hurt and he, uh, and he actually played those games, then. We're talking about a very, very different MVP race, and we might see Tua as the as the lead candidate right now, just because just based on the proje- projections, he's probably going to get thir- uh, over thirty touch- touchdown passes as it as it is, while missing three games. That's just insane to me, and like, I get it. He hasn't been great in his first two seasons, but. That's why my criteria for quarterbacks has always been the same. Give them three years. Give them three seasons. And if after three seasons you don't see anything, then you give them the boot. And look at – and we, we've uh, – Josh Allen, I believe, has been mentioned um, So in this, in this segment. But look at Josh Allen's statistics in his second season. They're not that good. They're just, like, okay. Like, he shows, he shows some improvement, but – the leap from year two to year three is very much kind is very much like the year the leap that Tua has taken from year two to year three, and it and part of that top may, has a little bit to do with the weapons around him. Same thing with Josh Allen, he didn't have much when he first got when he first got to Buffalo. Then they started giving him some weapons. They got him Cole Beasley. They got him John Brown, and he was a little he he got better, but then they gave him Stephon Diggs. And then this guy lit it up. And of course, like that's that's part of football. Everyone needs their pieces. You need to kind you need to have a little bit of time to throw, and you also need some pieces to throw to. Josh Allen got that, and he's ever since been one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Tua now has that. He had he had rookie Jalen Waddle, and now he has he has prime Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle going into his second season. So and they also got don't don't forget. They also got this guy protection. They got him Taron Armstead. And this guy has shown tremendous improvement and they also got they also got him a new head coach who actually believes in him, who doesn't who isn't itching to pull the trigger on a Deshaun Watson trade every 10 minutes. So I I'm pretty impressed and like I I would say it, it is surprising that this guy became, you know, that this guy is the lead voter, uh, the the lead um, in in uh, votes, but like 
you got people look at the the new shiny object, and I think everyone was pulling for Tua over this offseason to be to be good. And once that kind of came true in this Dolphins team, whenever Tua's leading, just wins games, everyone's just turned on by it. Everyone loves that. And I, I, I can't I can't lie. I kind of like it too. It's kind of it's kind of cool to see this kid um, who's been kind of up and down for most of his career finally showing that he can do it at uh, at the NFL level. I'm pretty. I I, I w- I'd like to see him in the Pro Bowl. I think this is I think this is fun. I think this is good to see. That um that the Miami Dolphins and the rest of the AFC East is really showing out this year. Mm-hmm. So that's my two cents. I don't think you'll have much pushback here. No, no that's uh, not a bad take at all. I mean, he's his stats speak for themselves. Yep. Twenty-one touchdowns to five interceptions is crazy. That means he has, like, he's making good decisions, getting the ball where it needs to be. He's not doing more than what's asked of him. He's not doing less than what's asked for him. He's in the best offense, I think he could be in with the weapons he has. He has a good, decent run game. He has a decent defense. Um, they're not asking him to go out and put 40, 30 points per game. Um, when they're winning these games with Tua, they're winning it very decidedly, and I don't think it's by luck. He's not. They're not winning these games on a coin toss. They're not winning these games on a final drive. They're winning these games pretty fair and square, and you can't really doubt that they're a really good team. But the question is, how long could he do it for yeah, absolutely. And I just wanted to follow up on Josh Allen in his second in his second season in the league. So in 2019, he threw for 3,000 yards, so good for him. Um, 20 touchdowns to nine interceptions. So those are those are good statistics, a little better than two was last year. But you wouldn't like, especially like I remember going into that third season. Everyone thought Stephon Diggs was going to get worse once they once uh, they traded for him, uh, once the once the Bills traded for him, and then he got then he he got better because he he kind of got an upgrade at quarterback. Turns out, Josh Allen in his third year developed into that into that quarterback that the Bills were hoping that the Bills were hoping he would be. So, kind of the same thing with with Tua Tungavailoa here. Now they yeah I mean you can you can argue that. Um, Diggs got Diggs got better when he got when he got um, Josh Allen, and obviously Josh Allen got better when he got Diggs. It's like the the combo. Every good receiver needs its good quarterback. Exactly, and vice versa. You know, you you kind of need like it's people forget like when they when they look at when they compare quarterbacks, they talk about it as if it's as if it's like a boxing match or something. It's a one on one tussle. You need like a good, a great quarterback needs a good offensive line, needs to be able to stay, stand on their feet, needs to, you know, the offensive line to keep them on his feet. They need their, need the weapons, you know, people, teams, to players to throw to. And on top of that, you, you need, uh, you kind of need a, need a pretty solid, a solid run game, you, you know, you know, and some of the great quarterbacks can overshadow a little bit of that. But we're seeing it right now from some of the elite quarterbacks in this league. You know, Aaron Rodgers does not have any weapons to throw to. And therefore, the, the team kind of sucks. And Rodgers is having one of his worst seasons I've, I've ever seen him have. So, yeah. I mean, he, ever since I've been, like, introduced to football, especially as a Bears fan, Aaron Rodgers has been the – 
the enemy and basically one of the best, if not the best quarterback in the NFL. So seeing him struggle is very surprising. Yeah. No, I, I completely – and I, honestly, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I thought the Bears were going to win that game. I went into that I was thinking, at that game. I was at the there? game. Yes. Ooh, Ooh I'm sorry. Man. I know. It was so bad. It started yeah. off – it all went downhill once the tipped field goal happened. After ah. that, we just – no boy, no. Hey. No. It shows that that team is close to surpassing the Packers because mm-hmm. now now I can see that you guys have your quarterback now. You yep. have Justin Fields. He, and he's shown some improvement one. from year one to year two. Now the team needs to surround him with some pieces, get him an offensive line, get him some pieces to throw to, and he'll be golden. Also work on that defense because as quick as they became one of the best defenses in the league, it became one of the worst just as fast. Yep. I mean, it doesn't help when Roquan Smith, after being gone for a few weeks, still leads the team in tackles. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, all right, guys. But I want I want to move on to our next topic. So the New York Giants talk about we're talking. So we're talking about surprises this episode. The six and one start by the New York Giants was about surprising as it gets in the in the NFL especially this year. And as quick as they got off to a 6-1 and one start, they were just as quick to go to a 1-3-1 and one, uh, follow-up uh, ever since that, ever since um, that start to the season. Uh, and we're going to talk about that next and whether or not this Giants team is legit. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright with CJ Medeiros, Justin Tucker, and special guests Connor Fallon and Brian Sierra. So, the New York Giants. All right. So, the Giants started 6-1 and one to the season. And we were also watching the, the New York Jets on the other side who were enjoying some success during that same stretch. It was like football in uh, in New York really is looking up. Mm-hmm. Since then, 1-3-1. One, and, one. and all right, so Brian, I promised I'd start with you. <laughs> Talk to me, dude. What's well, going on with your Giants? It's not really what's going on with the Giants. It's kind of like defenses are now noticing – what our plan to win is the giants don't have all the offensive weapons. We all know they have Saquon Barkley, who's a 
threat with his legs. Daniel Jones is a threat with his legs and his arm. And the receiver has really been injured, kind of, all of them throughout the whole season. You know, their number one, two, and three going into the season, you could say, would have been Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney, Sterling Shepard, or their second-round draft pick, um, Wondell Robinson. Well, we know Kadarius Toney traded to the Chiefs, and he's been hurt ever since he's been in the league. Um, Sterling Shepard tears his ACL midway through the th- season. Actually, he probably tore his ACL like maybe the fourth game of the season. I know he tore his ACL early on. Wondell Robinson tears his ACL, and Kenny Galladay has kind of been a no-show since he's been signed to the Giants. You know, he still hasn't had a touchdown, a receiving touchdown. He's been he's been signed to a five-year, seventy-two million dollar contract. He's maybe had four hundred-yard games and not even one touchdown to show for it. Um, so. That's kind of like the Giants don't really have crazy weapons. The really only legitimate weapon is Saquon Barkley, and other defenses are noticing that. So they're just stacking the box and challenging the Giants. Beat us with Daniel Jones with his arm talent. And so they're just lining up in the box. They're playing heavy box defense, and the other defenses are stopping Saquon Barkley. When the Giants, when Saquon Barkley does good, the Giants win. When he doesn't do good, the Giants don't win. So that's what teams are noticing. So they're like, we're gonna have we're gonna make Daniel Jones beat us with his arm, which he hasn't really proven. He's a good quarterback, in my opinion, but he hasn't really proven to take that next step to elevate his players. He's not one of those quarterbacks who are gonna elevate his players like a Josh Allen. Josh Allen could roll out the pocket, make plays with his legs, throw the ball down when he has to. I'm not saying Daniel Jones can't do that, but he can't do it on a consistent basis, or he has to show it on a consistent basis. You can see Patrick Mahomes, they're like, Oh, what is he gonna do without um Tyreek Hill. I mean, he still has uh, Travis Kelsey with him, but he has, I would say, a bunch of receivers who aren't really going to pop off the screen because they have a Juju Smith-Schuster. They have a Kadarius Tony who's also been injured because they traded with him for the Giants. Um, their running back, their rookie running back, Isaiah Pacheco, has been doing a lot of work since he's been in the league. But um, I just feel like the Giants' downfall or like their little lack of luck, I would say, is because other teams are stopping them on defense. I don't think that they're a bad team. I don't think that they've been getting lucky. But I just feel like on this next stretch of games, the Giants know that they have to win the game, these games because these are all must-win games because the Giants very well can make it to the playoffs and they could very well get bounced out of the playoffs. And I feel like if they don't make the playoffs or like they don't really win these next games, um, the coach may lose the locker room because the players are like, we started off so good. You're being so aggressive to start off the year. Um, now, like the past few games, the Giants kind of have been playing, play, like play to not lose. They haven't really been playing play to win offense, in my opinion. They're running the ball on like second and seven when I think they should be more pass heavy. When Daniel Jones passes the ball, which he rarely does, when he passes the ball, they do good. I just don't feel the Giants have the most confidence in Daniel Jones like the fans do. All right, solid take. Um, Connor? I have a question for you, the peer, the Giants fan here. What's up? I would say, do you guys, do you think you're getting OBJ? See, everybody likes to talk about this OBJ stuff. I don't really, I would be happy if the Giants got him, of course. OBJ, prime athlete. But I don't really feel the need that the Giants really need an OBJ on their team, to be honest. I mean, what is he? He's 29, 30, two ACL tears and a broken ankle. Yeah, I understand if Odell was at his prime, I would love OBJ. But I just feel like at this point in the season, and there's like been rumors that he's not even going to be ready for um, up until the playoffs. So I yeah, feel like if the Giants don't even make the playoffs, which they 
well could not make the playoffs. If they don't even make the playoffs, they're kind of just they're just gonna kind of waste money and waste cap for next year signing Odell, a player that's not even fully hundred percent healthy. And I kind of feel like he's been in like headlines too much, and he's not even playing. I understand he's not like he's not a player who's just not gonna want attention on him. He's Odell Beckham Jr. He has like what four million followers on Instagram. He's gonna bring attention, but that'll be good for the team and bad for the team because if they don't do good. They're gonna banter OBJ on the pre- on the post post game conferences. They're gonna be like, "Are you so you made the right decision coming to New York?" And I just feel like it'll mess with the chemistry of the team because the Giants do have a lot of young talent in the wide receiver room. Absolutely. All right. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I think I'm I'm kind of opposite on you, man. I think I think adding a player like. Odell Beckham Jr. would be amazing for this team. I mean, you said that their wide receiver room is, to be honest, not the greatest. I mean, maybe it's – they're probably about the same level with the Bears. Maybe a little bit better. Maybe a little bit worse. I don't know. I can't I can't really determine that. But I think if you add a player like OBJ, even if even – if, you guys don't make the playoffs. You guys see how they started off six and one this year. Mm-hmm. If they can do it again next year with OBJ healthy, with Daniel Jones improving and Saquon Barkley improving, if they resign him, because I think he's he may be a free agent this year. Yeah. Yeah. If they resign Saquon Barkley and get Daniel Jones to keep improving and I think that can be amazing for the team, but there are a lot of rumors of him going to like the Cowboys. Yeah. Which and obviously all this, all this Daniel Jones talk. I mean, how many chances are we going to give Daniel Jones before we talk about him being not even out the league or being like a serviceable backup? You know, Mac Jones got two years and people are already writing him off. You know, this is Daniel Jones, his fourth year, and everybody's saying, "Oh, he doesn't have enough chances. He doesn't have this. He doesn't have that." You can make the argument for. I mean, any other quarterback who's kind of been not really that good. Any quarterback who really is good, they sh- I mean, Daniel Jones has shown he could be that guy. I mean, he has flashes where he's going down on a two-minute drill, and he has flashes where he takes accountability for his losses. He's not a quarterback out here saying that his team is not good enough for him. You know, I guess we all heard about what uh, Zach Wilson said on the Jets. Uh, he puts up, like, 22 yards in the second half. They ask him, oh, was this loss on – was this loss your fault? He says no. I don't think Zach Wilson is a franchise quarterback, but I feel like Daniel Jones, the way he handles himself, the way he goes about press conferences, the way he works in the offseason, you can see that he's trying to do better for the team. I just feel like he's just been in a really bad situation. But then again, really good quarterbacks thrive even when they're not in the best of situations. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's another route that you guys could go. Maybe package – um, over the offseason, maybe package um, a player who's maybe on their contract season in the next few years with a few draft picks to trade up, maybe with the Bears, for that second overall pick to take a guy like C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young if he falls past the Texans. For sure. I mean, there there are a lot of routes with this team, and I hope for you as a Giants fan that they make the right one. Yeah, I do too. All right. Uh, CJ, what are your thoughts? 
Now, the, the question here, was the Giants 6-1 start fool's gold? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Brian, no, no, no disrespect, obviously. But I said it. I ha- I kept saying it. If you're murdering the season, I'm like, something's up. I mean, is this team greater than the sum of their parts? Turns out, now they're not. Not having a receiver will do that. And I think Brian put it really well when he said the Giants have figured out. If you can stop Saquon Barkley, you've effectively stopped the offense. And if Daniel Jones has to beat you with his arm, you're going to win. So long story short, I don't want to eat up too much time. But yeah, it was 100% fool's gold. And I also say I got to agree with Connor, you know, when it's like just, I don't know, package like a few picks and like move up and take like a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud or Will Levis or whoever goes first. Were any of those quarterbacks actually better than Daniel Jones? I mean, I'm not, I don't know. I don't think so. I think Bryce Young is the most NFL. Yeah, I think Young is the most NFL ready. Stroud, I don't know. I'm not, maybe, you know, Ohio State curse. I mean, you could say Fields has broken it, but we don't know yet. And uh, we'll leave us. They're 7 4 and 1, though. We can't even look at the Giants taking one of those quarterbacks. Because unless they trade up, that's what I was saying. Like that's what I think they should do. That's what I think they're gonna do. But they're a rebuilding football team. Like whoever thought at the beginning of the season the Giants were gonna start off a six and one football team. Everybody thought yeah. that they were just gonna tank at the number one pick and see what they were gonna do from there. So I feel like the Giants being six and one, you know, you're gonna have to make a push for it. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. This yeah. last stretch though has really been bad. Like that loss to the Texans, I think really broke the team down um a whole bunch because you know, any team going into the Going into the Lions, you think, oh, it's the Lions week. You know, we're going to kind of take this off. And I kind of felt like that was a game the Giants could have lost because the Texans are a good team. You see their offense putting up 40 points a game. You see them making stops when they have to. You see that they never quit. Kind of similar to the Giants, but in order to beat the Lions, you're going to have to beat them in a shootout. And I just don't think that's the team the Giants are yet. I was going to say, didn't the Giants, didn't the Giants beat the Texans? Yeah, no, they beat no. them 24-16. Yeah, the yeah. Did I say Texans? I meant the Lions. Yeah, yeah you, you said Texans. But oh, yeah, I meant, Lions, the Lions. I meant the Lions. Yeah, and they dropped 31 yeah, exactly. as well. If you put more than 25 on the Giants, you're probably going to beat them because of the lack of offense. And the defense is pretty good, but once you keep scoring and scoring and the offense can't score, points are going to pile up. That's for anybody. All right. Um, I want to get to the last two of us uh, and then and then move on to our next topic. Um, but, Tuck, what are your thoughts on the Giants this year? I'm going to keep it short and sweet. This offense only can go as far as Saquon. If he has a monster day, they can very much get a win. But if he has a mediocre type of day, like only 31 rushing yards and maybe like 25 passing or receiving yards, then, yeah, this offense will die a slow death. And it's unfortunate that this is still the offense that – it's been since 2018 that they have to rely on Saquon so much. But this is what happens when you spend big on free agency and you're not getting back what you're supposed to. Kenny Galladay has been a bust. A scrub, if you will, if we're yeah. just being honest here. I don't know why you guys traded Kadarius Tony and not used him more often as you should have. But, again, it is what it is. Uh, I think you guys should have tried to – invest more into the weapons surrounding Daniel Jones, even though I don't think Daniel Jones is 
great. I think he's solid enough quarterback to win you some games. The problem with that is I don't think they have the the weapons surrounding him enough to be able to win those games. Now they did do him a favor by getting him uh, by drafting Evan Neal for him to help shore up that offensive line. But outside of, of that, I don't think they have the necessary weapons around him to win. Outside of Darius Slayton, I don't really trust anybody going deep or like threatening me deep. So as long as you can shut him down, that offense isn't going anywhere and they can just put like eight or nine people in the box to stop Saquon. So until they can figure out a way to to add more people into the offense, you're just going to continue to die a slow death unless Saquon just has monster games. All right. So there's a couple factors to look at with this Giants team, and it's kind of all on the offense. And I I think Brian uh, summed it up pretty well, how this offense really does live and die with Saquon Barkley. And we, this is kind of we we all knew that this was what the Giants were this uh, during even during their six and one stretch, they were a defense and running the ball team. But the thing with that that type of scheme is that you can't only run the ball. You have to have kind of a serviceable passing game, so that your team so so that your the opposing defense opposing defenses can respect the run, uh, or, or rather re- respect the passing game. But the problem is, um, over the course of this season, all of the all of the uh, Giants wide receivers have gotten hurt, and then on top of that, what we really haven't touched on so far this segment is Daniel Jones is tied for the second most times from any quarterback to be sacked, tied for second. He's tied with Joe Burrow with thirty-seven, and it, at number one is Justin Fields. So. Yikes. And to think that giant, this Giants team addressed it over the offseason. They got Evan Neal in the, in the, with a, a number, with a top pick. That the Bears traded. Yep. They got, so that they picked up Evan Neal and he was playing really well, just he's hurt. Yeah. So, like, it's kind that of, this is kind of tough luck for them. They're doing everything they can to, to, to improve this team and to, to surround Daniel Jones with some sort of talent to, to put him in the best, the best uh, environment to succeed for a young quarterback, but it's not working out. They go out and they buy Kenny Galladay, who is, who is having really good seasons with the lions. Didn't work out. They went and got in with the first, with a first pick in 2020, excuse me, 2021. They got Kadarius Tony. He looks kid looks good, but he can't stay healthy. It's just not. It's just not looking good, and it, it really is just a lot of bad luck because this team looked really good, and that defense and running the ball scheme was working until it didn't. In the same stretch of time, when all of their wide receivers were getting hurt, all of Daniel Jones's protection got hurt. So obviously, there, there's going to be stacked boxes. You're not going to produce enough offense, and you're not going to be able to get things going. And ultimately, that's going to trickle over to the defense because it's going to get everyone. It's going to get everyone on. Um, it's going to get everyone on that team tired as the team as the game goes on. Doesn't matter who you are if you're Kayvon Thibodeau or if you're name the player. You can't. You you're going to get you're going to get tired. Yeah. But um, anyways, we actually have another. Hang on. So so we have. I, I believe this is Aaron Wise who's trying to join. But, but he needs to. 
Yeah, it says it's not connected. Um, would either of you, Tuck or CJ, would you be able to send him a message or something through the Fumble Ruski email, through the Fumble Ruski, and just let him know he has to connect his devices? I know he's trying to join. You're welcome to come on, dude, but um, we'll, uh, we'll see how. It's not letting it. Yeah, it's not letting me connect him. Um, you know, this is probably a perfect time for me to say this, but um, I gotta head out right now. So I really appreciate you guys having me on the show, and if I can make it Tuesday, I'll definitely, I'll definitely join. But um, once again, thank you for having me on the show, and I love you guys' content, and hope to keep talking with you guys. Yeah, appreciate sure. you coming on. We enjoy your fan box responses too. A lot of good stuff. So Thanks. yeah, definitely we'll we'll have you on again. If you want to come on on Tuesday, then you're welcome. But thanks for joining. We had we enjoyed yeah. having you. All right. Thanks. All right. See you guys. I'll see you around, man. Of course, see you, man. Peace. All right. So anything yeah. else we want to say on the anything else we want to say on the the uh the Giants here? Watch this run that we go on. It's going to start off this Sunday, beating oh. the Eagles. Okay, now I wish you would. That is, I, I wish. No, no, I, I actually wish like you would beat Philly because it'd be funny. Where I'm rooting for you, I really am. Of course, you're rooting for him. It's it's full but one can dream. Three of the le- next five games that they have, or three of the last five, because they only have five games left against NFC East opponents. So mm-hmm. they have the Eagles twice. So you at least you at least got to split that one in order to make the playoffs, probably. Then you have you also have the Commanders, who have been no pushover ever since uh, Taylor Heineke took over for Carson Wentz, and the two so the two games in between. So the the Colts, that's a game I I would hope if you're a playoff team you you could win. Yeah. And um th- that's that's been a really unpredictable team though. They yeah. they can yeah. they've been able to hang with some of the better teams in the league. Then the other game is the Vikings. Hmm. Don't I don't see that as a win. Good teams win. If the Giants win out or at least win the next three games, then they deserve to be a playoff team. You know, if they lose yeah. these games, then you know, yeah, six and one was a fluke, but good teams win. Undeniable. You cannot deny a good team from winning. You can't take away wins from teams. That's that's what I'm saying. I'm not taking anything away from the Eagles. They're a good team. They're a hell of a football team. But it's a divisional game, and you never know what divisional games. You know how these divisional games go. It could be for example, the Jets and the Bills, divisional game. Everybody thought the Bills were hot. They're going to steamroll the Jets. The Jets, they're not, they're pretty good. They have a good record. Oh, but they've just been lucky. The Jets beat the Bills. So we're just going to see how it how it all falls out. I think good teams win, and the Giants know that these games are must wins. I think there's a game we can win this week. Yeah. Well, if they yeah. they have some they have some challenges coming up, so it's going to be it's going to be interesting. But um, we have another guest coming on, and it's a returner. And Aaron Wise, dude, you've been on on my. This is what our third time, your third time on the show. Yeah, rounder. Yeah. Welcome back, man. But uh, would would you would you be able to uh, reintroduce yourselves to some of our new listeners we might have? Oh yeah, so I'm Aaron Wise, and uh, I'm from Illinois. Awesome. And so Brian, so Brian here, Brian Sierra, one of our new listeners, is a Giants fan. From my understanding. So you're a Jets fan. So we got two yeah, I'm a Jets here. Oh, who's the better team? 
Oh, yeah. I'm going to say personally... Giants. I'm going to say hey, Giants. Hey. You, could ask, you could ask me, do I think the Giants are better than the Chiefs? I'm going to say the Giants. I think the Giants are the best team in the NFL. That's just me being a, a okay. fan. <laughs> so, like, I, I'm just going to say that. I'm a fan. I feel like the Giants could keep up with everybody. You call me delusional. I definitely don't think the Jets are a better team. That's like saying that's like saying your little brother could beat you up. Would anybody in here admit that your little brother could beat me up? I don't think so. I'll die on the hill think the Giants are better than the Jets no matter what. That's just my team. All right. Aaron, two minutes uninterrupted. Okay, so – Honestly, though, so I know the Giants. I know the Giants were six and one, but uh, personally, though, I think that was just a fluke, man. And it's starting. It's starting to come now. Like now, they're starting to lose games because I was surprised they were good. I was not expecting to be six and one. I was surprised, like man, like how are the Giants winning? But now it's starting to catch up because I don't know. I think my prediction right now. I think the Giants will miss the playoffs. Oh, I think Washington's gonna get in and Seattle's gonna get in, and so the Giants the gonna stumble out. Are the Jets making it? I, I'm getting nervous. I'm getting a little nervous because the Patriots got a tiebreaker over us, and the Chargers are now starting to breathe on their necks now. And we play the Bills next, which I hope my team wins, but I don't know. I, I, I'm i not really fooling the Mike White train yet because a lot of Jet fans are on the Mike White train now because Zach Wilson played so bad against New England. Like, he, he had to get benched, but – I don't know. The division, we're not going to win the division. Personally, I don't think we're going to win the division. Personally, oh, yeah, that, for me, I, I, that's out of the that's out of the question. Yeah, like I, I think I think I think if we could win a division, we basically kind of need just to win out. We need to be we got to beat Buffalo again, and the Dolphins. I think personally, if we're going to have a chance at winning the division, but New England, I'm so surprised we got swept by them. I, I'm really actually surprised finally, like. I think we honestly should have swept you guys. <laughs> no offense, but but Ooh. yeah, we we kind of we kind of let those two games slip from us. But all right, yeah. you know, I think so. I think that Jets team was a lot more formidable when you had Brees Hall, and yeah. now that Brees Hall is hurt, and Michael Carter's all right. He's a solid running back. I've always liked him, and James Robinson, he hasn't quite been the same since his since his uh his torn Achilles. But he's still a solid running back now. And I'm sure, like, with modern-day medicine, it looks like running backs are getting a lot better now coming off those uh, um, Achilles tears. But, it's the, I mean, it was the running game that was getting you guys going, man. In the defense, that defense, it, it's still ferocious. But if, you're, if your offense can't keep the defense off the field and keep them well-rested, then it's going to get tired and they're not going to be as effective. Yeah. Yeah, but like honestly though, like honestly though, like I know that we lost Brees Hall and everything, but me personally as a Jet fan, I'm over that because that was like weeks ago. Because like I don't me personally as a Jet fan, I kind of like move on with that and not make too much excuses of it. But like Bad Knight is looking pretty good. I, I've never heard of this guy until he started running pretty good. But James Robinson, I'm a fan of him. If I'm being honest, he's looking really slow. Like he he can't get yards, man. He he's can't do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't know why he all of a sudden he looks really slow now. He looks slow and chunky. <laughs> it's, it's Achille- <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, it's the Achilles tear. Running backs are almost never the same after the, after that. I The only running back who's actually shown that he could be anywhere close to his former self has been Deontay Foreman. 
He looks he was a good yeah. young running back for the Texans who look who had looked like he had a bright future. Few games into his career, or maybe it was a year or so, he tears his Achilles and he hasn't been the same until this past calendar year where he's really, really looked good. Yeah, or or for example, I know I know it's not the same injury, but Adrian Peterson, when he tours ACL, like I think 2011, and then yeah. every next year he had like some he had like an MVP year, like 2,000 yards. Yep. But not everybody, not everybody's gonna be like Adrian Peterson. So that that that's yeah. pretty rare. That's kind of a flash yeah. in the pan. And you like usually like ACL tears, you you see running backs coming back from that, but it's usually they take a whole season of being not very good before they're the very next season after that, where they're lighting it up. Saquon Barkley, for instance, he tore yeah. his ACL, came back last season. He was awful. And this season he's been awesome. Dalvin Cook, yeah. in his his rookie year, he tore his ACL. He came back his sophomore year, sucked. His net, the net, uh, ever since then, the, the years since then, he's been one of the best running backs in the league. But Achilles tears are kind of a different, are kind of a different deal where it takes you a year where you're going to, you're not going to be very good. Then the year after you're going to be lighting it up just like before. And I think that's, that's probably going to be the same thing with Brees Hall, sadly, because I was, yeah. I was pulling for him and it has nothing to do with the fact I've drafted him in two fantasy leagues. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I mean, but, I, I, I mean, Brees Hall, he's only a rookie, though, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But, like, with Saquon, though, I like Saquon Barkley. But the problem with the whole Giants is that is that, like, they're running him to the ground. And, like, if Saquon Barkley can't get yards, then the Giants always can't do much anything. Like, hopefully, Odell goes to the Giants. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if Giants fans want that. Me, personally, <laughs> if I'm a Giant fan – I don't want Odell Beckham because he tore two ACLs already. Like, that's what I said. I'm kind of, I'm kind of off the Odell Be- Beckham wagon. I like Odell Beckham, but the, the ACLs, man. So Brian, that's the second. So that's the second guest that we've had so far. So the the guy who was on before you, Connor Fallon, said yeah. the exact same thing. But Brian has diff- has other thoughts. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Giants, they're just a really. Okay, they're, I'm not going to say that they're a really lucky team, but they're winning these games with a little bit of fate. You know what I mean? Uh, like, But you can't take it away because the Giants beat some pretty tough teams. Like, they beat the Ravens. They beat the Texans. Um, not, not the Texans. They beat the Titans. Uh, who else would they be? They'd be, like a pretty, they'd be like pretty good teams. I feel like they lost to the Cowboys twice. Yeah, but both of those games you could have easily won. But I don't know. From now on, I just feel like Giants are going to get hot. They're going to be the team to beat. <sighs> okay. Call me delusional. Delusional. And when I come back, just know I started it right here. Giants gonna win on Sunday. Then Giants gonna go and they're gonna beat the Commanders because they tied them. They're gonna be like, nah, you know what? Mess that. Whatever that was. We played like crap. We're gonna come. We're gonna beat you guys. They're gonna beat the Commanders. They might lose to like the the Colts or whatever the Vikings. But then they'll just run the table after that. I feel like the Giants will lose one game in the next stretch. All right. Well. We are going. I'm going to have you on. I'm going to have you back on the show oh, when sure. when this all happens, for and sure. you can you can tell us all that you told us. So how about that? Oh yeah. Oh, I, I would, you don't have to tell me. I wasn't planning on doing that already. All right. <laughs> well, the spirit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Guess what? What's up? I want. I want. I want uh, so I got a Jets jersey for my birthday, and uh, it was a Zach Wilson jersey, which I think I might have regret buying that now. 
but uh... <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, we have another special guest on. So, John. Hey. So you're so John Warren. We've been friends for a pretty long time, but I th- I'm pretty sure this is this is your first time on the show. So, John, welcome on. Yeah. And uh, why don't you introduce yourself to some of our new listeners? Um. So yeah. Uh, I'm uh John. Me and Adam uh been hometown friends for a while. And yeah, I just wanted to pop in for the uh, anniversary. All right, welcome. Well, I appreciate you appreciate you joining us. And uh, you're here just in time for us to start on our uh, on our next segment where we're going to talk about the Rams. So removed from a world championship, and it's very rare that a team coming off of a Super Bowl misses the playoffs the next season. The Rams not only are not going to make the playoffs, most likely, but and then some. I believe they are right now the third uh, worst team in all of football based on record. So we're going to touch on that next. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. Welcome back. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright here with CJ Medeiros, Justin Tucker, special guests Brian Sierra, Aaron Wise, and John Warren. All right. So as I teased, as I teased uh, right before this segment, the Rams, not uh, four and nine coming off a world championship. So they not only that, but they're now without Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup for the season, and they've been without uh, Allen Robinson. Even though when he, even when he has been around, he hasn't really been his true self. Um, and on top of that, meanwhile, Detroit over there, courtesy of the Rams, will now have two first round picks, and their highest one is going to be the Rams. At I believe it's number four right now, either three or four. Right, I know they were three when I. When I was researching for this topic, it was right before Thursday night football, and they 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 pulled off that miraculous win, of course, with uh, with their new quarterback Baker Mayfield. Uh, but guys, so this all-in approach that the Rams took, and it did get a super, they did get a Super Bowl out of it. But do you guys have any any different any new thoughts on it ever since this has happened, uh, John? I'll start with you. Um. Yeah, I mean, I guess you see it all the time, just teams going on like a run. And to be completely honest with you, I mean, it looks like, you know, like all the injuries kind of caught up to Matt Stafford really quickly. I mean, I thought they were going to be pretty solid this year, but they had that uh, major loss to their own line um, as well as uh, 
They had uh, losses, honestly, with um, uh, Robert Woods gone. And then now they literally are only throwing to Cooper Cup as it looked like Allen Robinson was just inconsistent. So, oh. And uh, doing all of it, yeah, it was um, it's really surprising, you know, just to see it all. And it's kind of – Kind of very interesting. So uh, the other time, you know, Detroit's looking pretty good. So, all right. Well, we actually have. So before we before we continue, we have another special guest, Bryant Johnson. So another kid who I've known for a couple of years. This is your first time being on the show as well. So Bryant, welcome back to the show. Um, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners if you can hear us? Oh yeah, I can hear you guys. Um, so. I'm Bryant. I went to school with uh, Adam and John, and uh, I'm an avid Colts fan. And you know, it's a, it's been a very disappointing year for for us, but more disappointing than the Rams. Actually, I had very high expectations, as they all know from my fantasy picks, Michael Pittman. But uh, it's it's really been disappointing. <laughs> um, I'm just I'm glad to be here. You know. So what are we talking about? The Rams. Yeah, so we're talking about the Rams. So again, four and nine, just a year after they won a Super Bowl, and they so they made this all-in approach. There was literally like this, you know, the slogan, "F them picks," and are they saying that now? <laughs> like, is so like do do you think it's still a good idea to go all in on these yeah. uh, on, on these championships? Uh, and I'll I'll go to you, Brian. What do you think? Just oh, I'm gonna say first, Jalen Ramsey is fake. No, I'm just kidding. Jalen Ramsey's locked down, but um, I just right now I think it's kind of the injuries that are plaguing them, but also, you know, I think a lot of people are starting to figure out that Sean McVay system, you know, so I think that plays a role, but also just like just the team in general isn't staying healthy, and a lot of the moves they made they really didn't need to make, like the Allen Robinson moves, like everybody really knew that Allen Robinson's got a number two receiver. He he thrives when he's the number one target, number two target to Cooper Cup. They would have been fine just having Skoranek there, but I'm I'm starting to see them like figure out their path, and I don't really think like I think next year they'll have a nice bounce back year, but you know selling all the picks is just. That's going to cost them because they're not going to have any new talent coming in. Yeah, that's a pretty good point. And, like, Allen Robinson, now that – I mean, and you think about it now, like, Allen Robinson's always been the number one guy no matter where he's been, whether it's been Jacksonville or Chicago. And he's thrived in that spot. And it's – I mean, you could make an argument that it's because of – get he gets all the, all that volume uh, from all the targets – and that racks up the all the production that he gets. Uh, but uh, Aaron, what are your thoughts on the Rams this year? Um, personally, I'm I'm a little bit. I was a little bit surprised that they were a four and nine team because like before the season started, I thought they were gonna be like one of the best teams in the NFL. And uh, you know what? The whole uh, trying to think of the uh, hangover is usually is usually the team that loses the Super Bowl usually has a big hangover. Which I thought was gonna be the Bengals, but they exceeded that. Like they're like I think they're like eight and four. So I, I thought it would be the Bengals and the Rams were gonna be still be fine, but yeah. A lot a lot of it a lot has been like the injuries. And also too, me personally, I think the Rams don't seem all that motivated. I don't know. They just they already got a ring. They probably like they're probably thinking, I don't really got anything else to prove, really. I already got my paycheck, I'm good. 
Yeah, that's all they got with the Rams, but. I mean, they did win a Super Bowl, and they went all in for it, and that's what they got. And maybe they wanted more than just one Super Bowl, but, I mean, they could get better after this year. They they still have their pieces. They're, they're going to get Cooper Cup back next year, and they ha- they still have Matthew Stafford whenever he gets healthy. Maybe the, maybe next year they get right again. You never or know. Or Baker. Yeah. You think well, Baker will be the future? Come on, man. <laughs> they come on. <laughs> come on. They went they went in for they they went in for they traded all of that those assets for Matthew Stafford. They, they, they you got to roll with your guy. Especially all if right, he won man. you a Super Bowl. All right. Yeah. Uh Brian, what are your thoughts? I mean, people ask themselves did they, did they win or lose that uh Stafford trade? Any team who wins the Super Bowl after the trade wins that trade. But at what cost? You know, they gave away all their picks. They signed basically everybody who kind of helped them win that Super Bowl to big contracts. You look at Aaron Donald, big contract. You look at Jalen Ramsey, big contract. You look at Stafford, big contract. Um, they kind of knew that's kind of like a recipe for disaster. Not really because you win a Super Bowl. Like, a, it's an odd situation. Like, when you see teams who go all in, they usually stick around for, like, two, three years. Like, you see the Buccaneers. They win the Super Bowl, but they come back. They're still the Buccaneers. You know what I mean? They're no pushover. The Chiefs, they won the Super Bowl. They still stick around. They're not no pushover. Even when Tom Brady left the Patriots, um, they made it to the playoffs like a few years with Mac Jones, even though it was one year. Like, they didn't have a drop-off. How, like, the Rams had a crazy drop-off. I feel like players really have been having, like, a bad string of luck. Like, Jalen Ramsey, he's playing good defense, but these – Every it's like every receiver who plays against Jalen Ramsey is like Randy Moss, you know, like they're making these crazy catches. Everybody's going crazy playing against Jalen Ramsey. He's not a bad corner by any means. It's just he's just getting really unlucky, they're having a really bad stretch of luck. Cooper Cup getting hurt, um, Stafford getting hurt, um, losing a lot of games, have no picks. I kind of see they're still a good team. Like they have the players to become a good team. I, I feel like they don't, it's not like they don't have the talent to win games. It's just like Bad luck, bad Super Bowl hangover, I guess you would say. Um, that's really all I have to say about that. Though. Hopefully they can start kicking it up maybe next year. I feel, I feel like they still have enough talent to be a pretty good team, somebody to be scared of. But just this year didn't go to plan, I think. All right. Uh, CJ. I'm not going to tell you whether or not they won the Matt Stafford trade. I'm not – you know, I mean, we all know they're in a Super Bowl hangover, but this, this season, this epic collapse, if you will, I think is indicative of a much more serious question. Selling out your team's like immediate future for a year, maybe two of a wide open Super Bowl window, is it really worth it? Now, obviously, there's no right or wrong answer. I mean, we're all entitled to what we think, but bear in mind, this team's not going to be good for a while. Sean McVay, there's been hints that he might leave, and he already has a broadcasting deal lined up when he goes. Aaron Donald was this close to retiring last season. Jalen Ramsey hasn't really been all that good this year. Injuries abound. Stafford's old. So, and you got to remember, look at all of these awful, awful contracts that they're still going to have to pay out years down the line. And someone said to me, hey, don't worry. They'll be good again in three years. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Three years is probably when they're going to have a clean slate. Three years is when they can start rebuilding. So in reality, they're probably not going to be good for like six to seven years. 
But, I mean, as your organization falls apart around you and your team reverts back into something Jeff Fisher wouldn't look at twice, I guess the real question is, is it worth it? I mean, one Super Bowl for like a decade maybe of failure? Uh, I don't know. I grapple with that one. All right. Tuck? All right. If I'm looking at the Rams season as a whole for what our projections were for the Rams to what they are now, it's been an abysmal season. Matthew Stafford has looked overrated in my eyes. He hasn't looked the same. Cooper Cup is injured. Uh, Allen Robinson isn't the same. Even when he he doesn't get targets and even when he does get targets, they're almost never completed. That defense isn't what they once were. Jalen Ramsey, every time I watch his games, feels like he's getting burnt on every play. I don't know what it is. He's supposed to be this all-pro corner, but it just it's just one of those years where he's just having a bad year by his standards. Just overall, this team is just having a major Super Bowl slump. So when uh, CJ started to bring up about is it worth it, at the same time, what they're going through, it doesn't feel like it, but we got to remember, they did win a Super Bowl. If you do sell out and win a Super Bowl, yes, it is worth it. I don't care what the end results may come. We can deal with that down the line. But if you have an opportunity to win a Super Bowl championship, you take that and you run with it. I don't care if I'm not good for the next two years, three years, however long it takes. If I can get a Super Bowl ring to, to you know, and I want to say congratulate our fans, whatever, and congratulate our players, you're damn right I'm going for it. I'm going for a Super Bowl title. And I'm not going to be apologetic for it if I go all in now just to get it. So it's a slump. It's a hangover. But at the same time, it's well worth the hangover because of what they achieved last year. All right. So I get, I, Yo, maybe Adam, you, Adam, what's up? I, I got a special guest. I, I'm with a friend that wants to say something about the Rams. All right. Let's hear it. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't something general. Jalen Ramsey is a fraud this year. Uh, is a frog what? He's a frog. Probably. He's getting burnt, burnt left and right. Maybe by the great. Maybe they're the best receivers in the league. But you want to be with the best. You got to hang with the best. Can he do it this year? No. They're four and nine. Okay. It's just something. Right. I heard no lies. He's ha- he's having he is having a down year. I w- I will say. He's he's been kind of up and down just throughout his career. That's that's something like not this year, up and down. Not this down. Yeah, th- yeah, this year's down. But in other years he's been all pro caliber. Now, every every corner does get burned and I think our standards for for a top corner are just so high and in today's le- in today's NFL where it's just kind of offense based when you put usually when you put the best wide receiver in the game against the best corner in the game, the wide receiver wins out. It's just kind of today's today's day and age in the NFL. Um, but looking at uh, lo- looking at this Rams team, I mean, you could call it a Super Bowl hangover, but usually you don't experience those with a Super Bowl with a Super Bowl win. Usually you make the playoffs, and out of the fifty-five Super Bowl victors, sixteen of them have missed the playoffs. That's it. Most of the time you make it. And I don't believe I believe there's only been like one in the in the past 15 years, one, two, somewhere around that. I know the I know the didn't the Giants miss both times after um uh uh, after they after they won their uh theirs in the past 15 years. I don't know, but Denver did. 
Denver, yeah, Denver did. Yeah, I know Baltimore did. With when Joe Flacco won that Super Bowl, the next year they went eight and eight and missed. Yeah. So there's been so there's been a hang uh, there's been there's been a handful. I'm just, I'm just thinking off the top of my head. Um, but usually, like what I think this is is kind of just bad injury luck, and the inability to replace. Um, and I, I'm blanking I'm I'm blanking on their left tackles. Andrew Whitworth. Their inability to replace him. Noteboom was supposed to be the guy to replace him because in the the in the small sample size that we had where Whitworth wasn't able to play, he was he was good. He was good. I mean, he helped that he helped get past the Buccaneers in that one in that one playoff game in the divisional round against that elite pass rush for the Buccaneers. He helped him get past. But this season, over a full uh over a full season. He hasn't been that good. Also, he's hurt. That's another thing. So there's that. Then Cooper Cup gets hurt. I mean, and on top of that, even when Stafford has time to throw, he has always been kind of – he hasn't been the most accurate. Last year he threw 17 picks, which I believe was league leading. 17 interceptions. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, then you lose your left tackle – you're not able to replace him. And then the guy who you try to replace him with gets hurt. And then, then you're going to turn the ball over a few more times and then get hurt. And on top of that, Allen Robinson has not been able to replace um, the production that Odell Beckham Jr. brought and that Robert Woods brought before him as a wide receiver too. And Cam Akers hasn't been the same guy since coming back from the Achilles tear. It was impressive seeing him come back so quick. Because Achilles tears are death sentences usually for for running backs' careers, but he still hasn't looked like his old self. And until he can show that he was what he the promising young kid uh, before he tore it, then that's kind of what it's going to be. So I mean, it's it's kind of just bad injury luck that, that that's kind of the way I see it. Hmm. Yeah, I, you could argue that. So, like, I don't know. I, I just don't – like, when it comes to winning the Super Bowl, I just don't believe in Super Bowl hangovers because team because teams make the playoffs left and right after winning a Super Bowl. It's, um, it's losing the Super Bowl that really, really kills you. No matter how good you look the season after, what you do in free agency, the draft, I mean, you, you don't look the same. I mean, the, it's impressive what the Bengals are doing right now a year after – um, a year after losing the Super Bowl, and that offensive line that looked improved, it looked like they they turned they turned a corner, complete 180. Not really; it's the same deal. Uh, Joe Burrow is still the second most sacked quarterback in all of football. So, um, but do we have do we have any other thoughts before we move on to our next segment? Nah. Yeah, yeah, I got one. Um... I guess the biggest difference, too, is honestly age. Like, you got to think about, like, when they were going for that run, you know, they also had Von Miller that was, you know, just by himself. It's such a force, and, like, you see the name Von Miller. You're going to have to game plan against him. And him going to Buffalo, honestly, I think is an underrated loss that people don't talk about. Because, seriously, like, he was, like, it's Von Miller. Like, he's still that guy. Yeah, there's no replacing him. Yeah. Even though they have linebackers like Floyd or 
Aaron Donald, like you still, no matter what you do, you can't replace yeah. Von Miller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it happens in everything else, but it just speaks on like, honestly, like it speaks more, if anything, on like the success of the Bengals, just because of how young, how talented that wide receiver core is. The best wide receiver core right now in the NFL, for sure, hands down. And I mean, yeah, it just speaks to that and just the youth that they had and really just seeing like going all in. Um, it like it works, but you know, you just deal with the consequences afterwards because you can get like a one and done type deal. Like um, the Miami Heat did that back in the day. They pretty much went all in, got that, and then they kind of were like mid for like the longest time. So before LeBron. But uh, yeah, anyways, um, thanks for having me. I got to run, but uh, it's been a pleasure. All right. Thanks, John. Of thanks course. for joining us. All right. That was John Warren. He's been a follower of the show. That was his first time on. So uh, we appreciate you joining us and uh, hope to have you on again. All right, guys. Well, we're going to move on to our next segment, which is our official fantasy football uh, part of the show, Fumble Rooski Fantasy Fix. And on Fridays, as always, we go with our stardom sit-ums. So that's next. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski Podcast. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright here, CJ Medeiros, Justin Tucker, special guests Aaron Wise, and Brian Sierra. All right, we have reached the Fumble Rooski Fantasy Fix. And on Fridays, we have our Stardom Sit-Ems. So your official Week 14 Stardom Sit-Ems for Fantasy Football by the Fumble Rooski podcast. Starting off with running backs, as always, we're going to start Deontay Foreman at Seattle. And Ezekiel Elliott versus Houston. We're going to sit Bam Knight at Buffalo and Leonard Fournette at San Francisco. For wide receivers, we're going to start Jerry Judy versus Kansas City and Marquise Brown versus New uh, New England. We're going to sit Darius Slayton versus Philly and Gabriel Davis versus the Jets. Uh, as for tight ends, we're going to start TJ Hawkinson at Detroit. And Hunter Henry at Arizona for sits. We're going with Tyler Conklin at Buffalo and Evan Engram at Tennessee. For quarterbacks, we're going to start Kirk Cousins at Detroit and Derek Carr at the Rams. Uh, For sits, we're going to go with Tom Brady at San Francisco and Daniel Jones versus Philly. Uh, For defense, we're going to start... Cardinals versus New York, uh, excuse me, versus New England. Uh, Chiefs at Denver. Uh, We're going to sit the Vikings at Denver, uh, excuse me, at Detroit. 
and the Jets at Buffalo. All right. So I'll let our guests chime in a little bit. Do you guys have any give, – give us – and try, uh, try to be brief because we're running hot, We're running pretty far up there on time. Give, a, give us a stardom. Uh, I don't have any stardoms, but when you said sit Darius Slayton, that's kind of a – I understand maybe I'm, I may be biased as a Giants fan. Maybe. Okay, the Giants but, are the best team in the league, according to you. Okay, but like <laughs> – okay, okay, but, but, but look at these stats. Last game, six receptions, 90 yards, average 15 yards per game. I mean, 15 yards per catch. The game before that, three catches, 63 yards. The game before that, five catches, 86 yards. The game before that, three catches, 90, 95 yards. The game before that, five catches, 66 yards. He's putting up the numbers that he has to be. Even though you might think, oh, he's on the Giants, he's not a number one receiver, he's a fifth-round pick. He's putting those numbers up. He's had that chemistry with Dana Jones since he's been with the league, and the numbers just keep getting better and better and better ever since they've been having the injury bug. So I just feel like Darius Slayton might be a little bit like you know he might be tough. I'm starting. You'd you'd want to you'd want to start him. I would start. Um, him. He started for me. All right. So the reason why I don't have him as a start is because he's the only he. So I I agree with you. I really like Darius Slayton. I think he's one of the more underrated wide receivers out there. Yeah. And especially in through a fantasy football perspective, he's been especially for the past month or so. He's been he's been performing. Uh, the reason I have him as a sit is because he's facing that Philly defense. And Philly ranks number five uh, in yards allowed against wide receivers. And they only have one guy to focus on in Darius yeah. Slayton. So it's going to be easy to game plan for a wide receiver um, who's going to be the only one. And Philly knows it. That's the guy who Daniel Jones is going to target. And besides a few dump-offs to uh, Saquon Barkley, that's really going to be it. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's kind of my logic there. Um, and we'll, let's look, looking at the wide receivers who have uh, the teams that they've been going against Washington, they've been kind of middle of the pack against wide receivers. Dallas has been solid. Trevon Diggs is a little bit overrated. I like him. He get he's, he's a, he's a playmaker, but if you look at uh, yards allowed, he allowed almost a thousand yards last season and he's on pace to do it again this year. Um, uh, Detroit, they're, they're still young in the secondary Houston. They have Derek Stingley jr. Who's been stingy pun intended, but then there's Seattle and that scoring 11 points against Seattle and uh, Tariq Woolen. It's, it's pretty impressive because that kid's not allowing any yards. Jacksonville, where he got 15 points. That team's still young in the secondary. It's he's they've like as good as he's been and as underrated as he is, he has been taking advantage of of defenses that are like just kind of okay against wide receivers. And now he's going up against Philly. Yeah. And I think the only thing he has going for him is that you can pretty much bet on it that the Giants are going to be playing from behind. So game script is going to be in this guy's favor because they're going to have to throw it a lot in order to stay in the game. But other than that, the secondary, the secondary is really good. That's, I mean, it's really good. If you have James Bradbury as your number two corner to Darius Slay, wow, that is it. That's a good secondary. And I just, I just think it's going, this is, he's due to have to put up one of those duds 
and people will be reminded for, you know, that he's he's a good he's a he's a good uh, wide receiver, but he's not he's not great. He's not the type where who's matchup proof where doesn't matter what the matchup is. You know, the Justin Jefferson, the Stephon Diggs doesn't matter what the matchup is. You set him and you 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 set it and you forget it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, do you guys have you guys have any other thoughts before we end the show tonight? Uh, I don't know if you said his name. Did you uh, did you start Garrett Wilson? So Garrett Wilson for me has kind of become that one guy that I'm that I'm starting regardless. He's getting he's getting to that level where and you you probably could have started you I probably could have included him, um, but I wanted to go a different direction because I believe he has a pretty good matchup. And he's been lighting it up, Garrett Wilson. Yeah, kid, I mean, like the, like the past games, he had yeah. eight, eight catches, 162 yards, five catches, 95 yards against the Patriots. He didn't really do too hard, two for 12. But then you look at the Bills, eight for 92. Patriots again, the game before that, six for 115. He's putting up the numbers, no matter. He's, I might think it might be too early to say this. He might be quarterback proof. You know what I'm saying? Because he's putting good numbers up with Zach Wilson. He's putting up good numbers with Mike White. How good those two are yet? We can kind of see where Zach Wilson's at, but we really don't know how good Mike White is. Yeah, and another reason why I have him as why I would start him regardless, he's facing Buffalo. And as I said before with Slayton, game script is going to be in his favor because the Bills just throw up a million points. And in order to keep to, to keep up with that offense, they're going to have to throw it a lot. And Garrett Wilson's going to be at the front of the line there. And also, Buffalo is not actually that good defending against uh wide receivers this year they're just 21st in the league and a lot of that has to do with Tredavious uh, 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 White uh, being out and he he has just come back but it takes some time to come back from an ACL tear and the kid oh. they took in the first round the wide receipt uh, the court the corner um I believe he's he's still out so they have those two set. They have the two safeties in Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, but that's kind of it. And they they've oh, been kind of middling sorry. against. What's up? Oh, sorry, sorry. I, yeah, I, <clears throat> sorry. I, I actually had something to add too with this. Okay, I think no bias. Okay, I'm not trying to have bias because I'm a Jet fan. But I will start Garrett Wilson. It's because it's because the Bill the Bills defense they can't they can't just focus on Garrett Wilson all the time. Because Corey Davis back, Elijah Moore is there, and we got tight ends, and we have a quarterback that actually knows what he's doing, and that just runs around with his head cut off. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that too. And Von Miller's up for the year, and I don't remember who that that other linebacker was. His name Milano. I I don't remember his name is, but that other Bills linebacker. I heard he went out and played this Sunday. Yeah, yeah, I heard he's questionable. So, like, that opens up for all the receivers to get open. So, yeah, and, and, and the Bills defense, they can't focus on one guy because they do that. Then Cordae doesn't get open. Then Elijah Moore doesn't get, get open. So, I think we're good. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I think that wide receiver core for the Jets is actually kind of underrated. And um, they, they have, like, Corey Davis has always been underrated to me. Even back, back to his, going back to his Titans days. When he was he was a pretty solid number two to AJ Brown, I thought he was I thought he was pretty solid with with the role he played. 
especially when he, you have Ryan Tannehill as your quarterback. I think that's pretty good. That's not bad. They they worked with what they had, and mm-hmm. I think Corey Davis, especially, I mean, and he's playing well with the Jets as as well. And you look, you talk about Elijah Moore. He was putting up good numbers last year, so we we see the potential. Yeah, I I completely agree with you there. Um, and oh, it, what's up? Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. I got one more one more to add with this. And the first time we played Buffalo, they gave up 174 yards on the ground. So we also just run it too. Hopefully it works again. Hopefully it works again. Hopefully they didn't figure this out, but I still should put that out there. All right. Yeah. We'll we'll see how it works. All right. Uh you guys have any other thoughts before we end the show tonight? I'm good. Nope. All right. Well, Aaron, thanks for joining us again. It's always a pleasure. Um yep. Brian. Welcome to the show. I appreciate you coming on. Appreciate Hope to have you on soon. I'll be back next week after the Giants. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hey, 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 remember, ju- just remember who's also rooting for him. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. No friendly fire. All right. Well, that'll do All it right. for us tonight. What's up? I got one more thing. What is I-, I got a question. I got a question. Are, are you a Patriots fan? Who? You. Yes. All right. I think CJ's a Patriot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I I know I'm a Jet fan. I want to beat Philly. I don't want the people of Philadelphia to have anything nice. All right. All right. So since you two are Patriots fans, okay, I'm a Jet fan, right? Yep. I hate to say this, okay? We're good friends, man. But the the Patriots have to lose to the Cardinals, bro. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, because you want your you want your Jets uh, to make the playoffs. I'm getting nervous. And oh, I'm getting nervous. And oh, I'm getting nervous, man. Because if we lose, you guys win. We're out. I'm getting nervous. It's okay. Yeah, but there's still five games left. I'm not. I'm not sure if I'm used to it now. No, I'm not. I'm not sure if I'm completely. You know, I don't. I'm not sure if I have full confidence in the Patriots to make it, even if I don't either. Um, even even if they do win this weekend, so I I think you might be set there. Oh, yeah. it looks like looks like Brian left. Um, yeah. But all right, but we do need to end the show tonight. So, do you have any other thoughts? Anything else? No, I'm good. Nope. All right. Well, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. We have new episodes out Tuesdays and Fridays at 7:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Over and out.